0: Section 6 of U.S. Money versus Corporation Currency, Aldrich Plan. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. U.S. Money versus Corporation Currency, Aldrich Plan, by Alfred Owen Crozier chapter four a discovery is the government to be liable on a billion private corporation currency conflicting statements by bankers and members of monetary commission great inflation bubble president aldrich the monetary commission and the banks all have led the public to believe that the government in no way will guarantee or pledge its credit to sustain the corporate currency of the national reserve association the letters of the national city bank and the national bank of commerce of new york and continental and commercial national bank of chicago printed in the next chapter expressly state that in no way will the government be liable congress surely would not knowingly grant to a private corporation power to run the government into debt more than a billion dollars for the exclusive benefit and profit of such corporation it would not make the government a mere accommodation endorser and liable on a billion dollars or more of the circulating notes of the national reserve association any more than it would grant to it power to issue without the consent of the government a billion dollars of binding government bonds and to sell the same and forever keep the entire proceeds and use same for the exclusive profit of such corporation To settle this important matter authoritatively, Ryder mailed the following letter. Milwaukee, Wisconsin, November twenty-first, 1911. Honorable Nelson W. Aldrich, President, National Monetary Commission, Washington, D.C. Dear Sir, Kindly have your office favor me with a copy of your revised monetary plan many doubt whether currency issued by the proposed national reserve association will be accepted at par unless the faith and credit of the federal government is pledged to maintain it at par please state whether or not it is intended that the government shall be obligated under your plan will a bank receive the minimum dividend of four per cent on the face of its subscription to national reserve association stock or on only the cash actually called in on such subscription thanking you i remain very truly yours alfred o crozier this was a civil letter to president aldrich officially on a relevant subject it called for an answer under every rule and practice of the public service it was ignored why at the time ryder believed the apparent desire of president aldrich to evade committing himself meant that before the bill finally passed an amendment pledging the government credit to the corporate currency would be inserted or that in later years this would be done after a billion or more currency had been put into circulation and depreciated. Failing to get any reply from Chairman Aldrich, Ryder tried to get the information from other members. A similar inquiry addressed to Senator Burton, a member of the Monetary Commission, brought only a reply from the Commission's librarian, saying, I am directed by Senator Burton to reply to your letter of inquiry of January 27th, 1912. The information you desire is set forth in the report of the National Monetary Commission of January 8th, 1912, pages 16 through 20, and in section 52 of the bill reported by the Commission. The reference does not give the information asked, nor is it anywhere in the commission's report or bill the following reply to the above letter of the commission's librarian was not answered it was ignored the romaine middleton avenue cincinnati ohio february third nineteen twelve national monetary commission washington d c gentlemen your reply to my letter to senator burton and the copy of the commission's report and bill are received i do not see that the sections you cite or in fact any other section of the bill specifically states either that the government will be or will not be in any way obligated or liable on the currency of the national reserve association if the pending bill becomes law Kindly advise me as to what is the fact on that point. Thanking you, I remain very respectfully yours, Alfred O. Crozier. Former United States Senator Julius Caesar Burroughs, who is a member of the National Monetary Commission, writing to a gentleman on February 26, 1912, said, Your valued favor of the seventh instant you mailed to Kalamazoo, and did not reach me until a few days since, hence the delay in reply. In your communication you inquire as to whether, in case of the passage of the National Monetary Commission bill, the government would be responsible for the currency issued by the National Reserve Association, and in reply I would say, that the government would be in no way liable for the notes of the national reserve association provision is made however that the government shall receive these notes at par in payment of all taxes excises and other dues and the redemption of the notes is insured by requirements as to reserve and by provision that they shall have a first lien upon all of the assets of the reserve association including the uncalled liabilities of the stockholders on january thirty first nineteen twelve ryder met robert w boning a member of the monetary commission who had addressed the merchants and manufacturers association of milwaukee on the aldrich plan the previous evening in response to a question mr Bonning then stated that the government in no way would be obligated or made liable for the currency issued by the national reserve association a similar inquiry written to the secretary of the treasury brought this reply office of assistant secretary treasury department washington january twenty ninth nineteen twelve mr alfred o crozier the romaine middleton avenue cincinnati ohio sir in reply to your inquiry as to whether the faith and credit of the united states would be pledged to maintain at par the currency issued by the national reserve association if the pending bill framed by the national monetary commission should become law I would say that this is a hypothetical question which the Department cannot undertake to answer. Respectfully, A. Pyatt Andrew, Assistant Secretary. Now, A. Pyatt Andrew is not only Assistant Secretary of the Treasury, but he is also Assistant to the National Monetary Commission, and as such signed the Commission's report to Congress. Also, he has been making public addresses explaining and booming the Aldrich Plan. He has been actively searching the records and helping to prepare the elaborate data issued by the Commission. If anyone knows whether the government would be legally liable for the corporate currency of the National Reserve Association, he does. If he did not desire to answer that hypothetical question as assistant to the Treasury, why did he not do it as assistant to the Commission? Would not such palpable evasion and the action of Chairman Aldrich in ignoring that question tend to make one suspicious? Then there was Senator Burton's action. Instead of answering yes or no, he turns it over to the librarian who evades and gives an irrelevant answer what is the game if it is a game the following from congressman john w weeks of massachusetts who was a member of the national monetary commission explains itself february twelfth nineteen twelve morris n webb esq number 1204 pleasant street wilmington delaware my dear sir i beg to acknowledge the receipt of yours of february 8th relating to the currency which it is proposed shall be issued by the national reserve association the credit of the government is not behind this circulation BUT IT IS PROVIDED THAT IT SHALL BE REDEEMABLE IN GOLD ON PRESENTATION AT THE RESERVE ASSOCIATION OR ANY OF ITS BRANCHES, AT ANY AND ALL TIMES. FURTHERMORE, IN ISSUING THIS CIRCULATION, ONE HALF OF ITS VALUE MUST BE IN GOLD, IN THE HANDS OF THE ASSOCIATION, AND THE OTHER HALF FULLY COVERED BY GOVERNMENT BONDS OR COMMERCIAL PAPER which must be of the standard fixed by the terms of the bill. On the whole, I think it is agreed that it is amply covered, and that there can be no possible failure of its redemption in gold, in case anyone desires it. No action is likely to be taken on the proposed bill at this session of Congress. Yours very truly, John W. Weeks here are more letters on the letterhead of the monetary commission washington d c january thirtieth nineteen twelve mr alfred o crozier the romaine middleton avenue cincinnati ohio dear sir replying to your letter of the twenty-seventh instant i write to say that the united states is not responsible for the parity of the currency issued by the national reserve association that as in the case of gold silver and greenbacks is cared for by a statute which provides that the secretary of the treasury shall see that all forms of the circulating medium are kept at par the subject is covered in sections fifty two and fifty three pages sixty seven and sixty eight of the pamphlet which has been sent to you by this mail containing the report of the national monetary commission and the draft of a bill to cover the suggestions made therein from a reading of the foregoing and those provisions you will see that there is not the slightest danger very truly yours h d money a former u s senator money a member of the commission thus contradicts himself as do other members he first asserts that the government will not be obligated for the corporate currency and then says that under the gold standard statute the secretary of the treasury must keep such currency at par the same as gold silver and greenbacks if the secretary must under the act of nineteen hundred sell government bonds to get gold to keep this corporate currency at par why will not the government be legally obligated his reference to the bill gives no information on the subject his assurance therefore that there is not the slightest danger must be taken with a grain of salt congressman edward b vreeland vice-president of the national monetary commission writes Washington, D.C., January thirtieth, 1912. Mr. Alfred O. Crozier, The Romaine, Cincinnati, Ohio. Dear Sir, I have your letter asking me whether the faith and credit of the government would be pledged to maintain at par the currency issued by the National Reserve Association under the proposed bill of the Monetary Commission. As I understand it, the note issue of the reserve association would have the same relation to the government that notes issued by national banks have under the existing law my understanding of the financial act of 1900 is that the secretary of the treasury is required to maintain at par with gold all currency issued by the government or under its authority the marked difference however would be that under the legislation proposed by the monetary commission the reserve association is obliged to maintain its own notes at par with gold very truly yours edward b vreeland mr vreeland's first letter we see was on the letterhead of the national monetary commission his second on the letterhead of the Committee on Banking and Currency of the House of Representatives of the 62nd Congress, which shows the membership of such committee to be as follows. Arsene P. puho Louisiana, Chairman, Carter Glass, Virginia, Robert L. Doughton, North Carolina, J. F. C. Talbot, Maryland, Hubert D. Stevens, Mississippi; George W. Taylor, Alabama; James A. Doherty, Missouri; John H. Moore, Texas; John J. Kindred, New York; James P. Lotta, Nebraska; James F. Burns, South Carolina; Charles A. Corbley, Indiana; Edward B. Freeland, New York. William G. Brown, West Virginia, Henry McMoran, Michigan, Robert J. Buckley, Ohio, George D. McCreary, Pennsylvania, Everest A. Hayes, California, Frank E. Guernsey, Maine, James McKinney, Illinois, Philip P. Campbell, Kansas. The members of the National Monetary Commission are Nelson W. Aldrich, Rhode Island, Chairman, Edward B. Vreeland, New York, Vice-Chairman, Julius C. Burroughs, Michigan, Arsene P. Puho, Louisiana, Eugene Hale, Maine, H. D. Money, Mississippi, H. M. Teller, Colorado, George W. Prince, Illinois, Theodore E. Burton, Ohio, James P. Taliaferro, Florida, Boys Penrose, Pennsylvania, L. P. Paget, John W. Weeks, Massachusetts, George F. Burgess, Robert W. Bonning, Colorado, James McLaughlin, Michigan. It will be seen that Chairman Puho of the committee and Vice Chairman Vreeland of the commission are members of both bodies why during the past three years did not the monetary commission investigate the money trust as now it is proposed to have this committee do under the lead of a member of the monetary commission it had the time money and power to do so no practicable monetary and banking system can be devised without taking into account the conditions that would be revealed by an investigation of that kind if it was honest thorough and patriotic the character and contents of the commission's bill shows that such conditions were ignored failure to require all bank reserves to be taken out of wall street and concentrated in the reserve association as a central reservoir shows that by its plan the commission intentionally or otherwise is playing directly into the hands of Wall Street. Will the proposed investigation by the Banking and Currency Committee be genuine or a farce? The country soon will know. mister Vreeland's second letter is as follows Washington, february ninth, nineteen twelve. mister Alfred O. Crozier, the romaine middleton avenue cincinnati ohio my dear sir my answer to your former letter saying that so far as the government is concerned the notes issued by the national reserve association would have the same relation to the government that our bank notes do is not clear Because it has never been definitely decided what the relation of the government is to the existing banknote circulation. You indicate in your letter that the government stands behind the present banknote circulation. But does it? National banks are now permitted to issue their notes against certain bonds of the United States, mostly the 2% bonds. These bonds are now barely above par. If they should fall below par, it would be the duty of the controller of the currency to call upon the national banks to put up additional security. But suppose a bank should fail before the additional security was deposited, and suppose its assets were insufficient to pay the banknotes outstanding then there is no law upon the statute books which require the government to make up the difference. Many people believe that these notes being issued against United States bonds under the authority of the government, that in equity the government should make up any loss which occurs, that would be entirely for Congress to determine whether to make good or not so i say that the notes of the new association stand in the same relation to the government that the present bank-note circulation does i think notes issued by the reserve association would be and would be considered to be absolutely safe by the people of the country they would have behind them more than the present bank-notes have the reserve association would take over the seven hundred million two per cent bonds against which national banknotes are now issued the reserve association could issue seven hundred millions of its own notes against these bonds but it would also have to keep fifty per cent gold in its vaults in addition to the bonds of the united states also the notes are made a first lien against all assets of the association we have more security by law behind them than france and germany have behind their notes which have been good under all circumstances for half a century the notes of the bank of france were at a discount of only three per cent when prussian armies were marching in the streets of paris and a communal mob was in possession of the government. Our banknotes, resting upon bonds, were below par for sixteen years eighteen sixty three to eighteen seventy nine. Very truly yours, Edward B. Vreeland. Following is writer's reply. The Romaine, Middleton Avenue, Cincinnati, Ohio, February 20th, 1912. Hon. Edward B. Vreeland, Washington, D.C. Dear Sir, Please accept my thanks for your valuable reply of February 9th to my former letter. I quite agree that present banknote currency is not ideal, and should be replaced with an elastic currency that will be more practicable but it is imperative to avoid currency depreciation. You say bank currency was depreciated from 1863 to 1879. Was that depreciation equal with greenbacks? Banknotes, I believe, are not legal tender lawful money. Nor were the $450 million of depreciated greenbacks a full legal tender they could not be used to pay duties on imports or interest on the public debt but the sixty million dollars of greenbacks issued before the four hundred fifty million dollars were as i recall made a legal tender and never depreciated but always were equal with gold in value is this correct if so Then was not absence of legal tender quality the chief thing that caused depreciation of the $450 million of greenbacks and also the banknote currency of which you speak? If the $450 million of greenbacks had been full legal tender and redeemable in gold, do you think they would have depreciated? YOU SAY THERE IS NO LAW UPON THE STATUTE BOOKS OBLIGATING THE GOVERNMENT FOR banknote CURRENCY. DID YOU OVERLOOK SECTION 5414 AS CODIFIED IN SECTION 148 OF THE PENAL CODE OF THE UNITED STATES, MARCH 4, 1909, 35 STATUTES AT LARGE, 1115, OR IS IT YOUR VIEW THAT IT DOES NOT APPLY? if this does apply the currency should be safe against depreciation would not the reserve association be a national bank and its currency national bank currency legally speaking certainly it would not be a state bank or its issues state currency if so and the above cited statute applies and obligates the government to maintain at par the reserve association's currency there would seem to be no danger of it ever depreciating and inflicting the very grave evils any currency depreciation always imposes upon business and the people trusting it may be convenient for you to further advise as to the above matter and thanking you i remain very respectfully yours alfred o crozier mr vreeland we believe is a banker congressman member of the house banking and currency committee and vice-president of the national monetary commission excepting aldrich he has been the most active person behind the aldrich private central bank plan he should be thoroughly informed he states that the government will occupy the same relation to the corporate currency of the Reserve Association as it now does to banknote currency. If this be true, the government will be directly obligated for every one of the billions of dollars of corporate currency such private corporation may care to print and issue during the next fifty years. Mr. Vreeland, we believe, is in error. When he says the government is not liable for banknote currency, evidence of this fact is given later in this chapter. Even if the government was not directly liable for the corporate currency, if it ever depreciated, Congress would be importuned to make it good to protect the people from loss. The same argument given above by Congressman Vreeland. As to why Congress should stand behind banknote currency would be used. The government by law authorized the issuance of the corporate currency by the Reserve Association. By law, it compelled its acceptance for certain purposes, and it would be considered in honor morally obligated and later by act of congress no doubt would be legally bound to guarantee and maintain at par all such currency even if it has to issue a billion dollars more bonds to get gold with which to do it if mr vreeland will read sections forty one and forty two of his bill he will find erroneous his assertion that the reserve association must keep in its vaults fifty per cent three hundred fifty million dollars of actual gold to secure its seven hundred million dollars currency issued against the seven hundred million dollars u s bonds to be taken over from the banks no actual gold is required and under section forty two no reserve of any kind need be held behind half of such seven hundred million dollars of currency and it is not true that corporate currency will have behind it more than present bank currency. It is unfair to take bank currency as a standard for comparison. Banknote currency is wrong and should be abolished, but not to make room for a worse currency. He says that the corporate currency is made a first lien against all assets of the association the association may issue one billion dollars currency with only one hundred million dollars actual net assets except the assets bought with the billion of currency so the lien would not be much security it is important however to note that the government is compelled to turn over all of its revenues to this private corporation be at once mortgaged with a lien to secure this vast private corporate currency the treasury balance on june thirtieth nineteen eleven was one hundred forty million one hundred seventy six thousand nine hundred twenty six dollars and sometimes it is double that sum the whole scheme is rigged to give the benefits all to the banks and put the burden on the government His reference to France and Germany does not apply, because in those countries the business and financial conditions are entirely different. They have no Wall Street or its evils. He says banknote currency from 1863 to 1879 depreciated. He holds that the government obligation was not behind bank currency. If that is true, then the obligation of all the banks, plus 100% U.S. bonds, securing 90% of bank currency, was insufficient to keep bank currency at par. In 1879, there was only $329,691,697 banknote currency. If that small amount depreciated when fully secured by U.S. bonds, how can this private corporation keep a billion dollars of its currency from depreciating without any government guarantee or U.S. bonds behind it, even if it should have 33 and a third percent or even 50 percent of gold as a reserve? But no actual gold is required paper money can be used. And if no reserve of any kind is kept, there is no penalty to punish the directors. Aldrich's Inflation Bubble Under Section 41 of the bill, no actual gold need be held as a reserve to secure the corporate currency. There may be used other money of the United States, which the national banks are now authorized to hold as part of their legal reserve. This includes gold certificates, greenbacks, silver dollars, and silver certificates. It will be lawful to have a reserve consisting wholly of silver and no gold. The government by law is prohibited from issuing paper currency based on silver but this bill authorizes a corporation to do it. The law prevents the government issuing more U.S. Treasury notes, or greenbacks, but this bill authorizes the corporation to issue three dollars of its paper currency for each dollar of government greenbacks it holds to secure such currency, even if it has no actual gold. The Secretary of the Treasury reports as outstanding $1,809,296,685 of government paper money. By gathering this all up and holding it as a reserve, the corporation legally could issue and float 5427890000 $55 of corporate currency, more than five billions of dollars of wildcat paper currency, three times as much as the government ever issued, and this without one single dollar of actual gold or even silver held by the Reserve Association to secure or ensure the redemption of such currency in gold. The banks now hold $623,583,300 gold certificates, $194,474,846 silver certificates and $248,334,727 greenbacks total $1,066,392,873 In one week, this all could be turned over by the banks to their central corporation, and immediately $3,199,178,619 of corporate currency could be issued and loaned out to the people through the banks at, say, 6%, a sum about equal to all the money of all kinds now in the united states and all this without the corporation owning an ounce of gold or silver this corporate currency unlike banknote currency is made available to be held by the banks as legal cash reserve if the corporation should gather up and hold as its thirty three and a third per cent reserve the one billion eight hundred nine million two hundred ninety six thousand six hundred eighty five dollars of outstanding government paper money and then print the five billion four hundred twenty seven million eight hundred ninety thousand fifty five dollars of corporate currency based thereon and hand it over to its banks to be by them held as their legal cash reserve the banks lawfully could inflate their loans of credit from 15 to more than 54 billions of dollars. And if, as they can under this bill, the banks convert half of their demand deposits into time deposits that will require no reserves at all, the banks will be able to inflate their credit loans to 108 billions of dollars. In other words, without one cent of extra investment, or a dollar of gold or silver security, the banks lawfully could swell their loans of credit from about fifteen to over one hundred eight billions of dollars, put out at six percent interest. This is seventeen times the total gold of all nations it nearly equals the entire wealth of the united states the figures stagger human comprehension never in all the history of government has there been such a crazy wide-open wildcat scheme for currency and credit inflation as congress now is solemnly asked to legalize under the guise of elasticity and turn over without reserve and beyond recall for 50 years to a private corporation that is required to have but $100 million cash capital, the power to be exercised by just five men, a majority of the corporation's executive committee. Such inflation of bank credit would increase prices of stocks and property and decrease the relative purchasing power of wages, one hundred to five hundred per cent it would cheapen the dollar to about thirty cents measured by its present purchasing power suppose the federal government was legally liable for every dollar of that five billions of corporate currency the one hundred or two hundred million dollars of capital of the corporation would not go far towards paying five billion dollars of depreciated corporation currency to at least the extent of the government currency held by the association to secure its corporate currency the government credit is used by the corporation and by this plan one billion eight hundred nine million $296,685 of good government money can be taken away from the people. For all practicable purposes, it is the same as destroyed, put permanently beyond the reach of the people. Every dollar of their legal tender paper currency thus can be taken away. In its place, the people must accept the doubtful optional corporate paper currency, because they could get nothing else. The corporation never will let go of any of the government currency, because if it did, it must call in and cancel two or three dollars of its corporate currency for each dollar of shrinkage in its reserve of government money. Congress might better openly vote at once to call in and burn up the whole $1,809,296,685 of government paper money. Then this money and the government credit it represents could not be used as the legally authorized basis for five billions of wildcat corporate currency. THAT WOULD FORCE THE CORPORATION TO PROVIDE ITS OWN CAPITAL AND ACTUAL GOLD TO CREATE A RESERVE TO SUSTAIN ITS ISSUES OF CORPORATE CURRENCY. THIS WOULD LIMIT SOMEWHAT THE WILD INFLATION AND MODIFY THE INTENSITY OF THE EXPLOSION WHEN THIS ALDRICH INFLATION BUBBLE FINALLY BURSTS. BUT IS NOT THE GOVERNMENT TO BE LIABLE legally bound for every dollar of corporate currency the reserve association or the five men in control may see fit to print have we not at last discovered the joker the reason for the apparent mystery the seeming reluctance of the sponsors of the aldrich plan to answer writer's direct and oft-repeated question as to whether the government in any way would be obligated when Ryder was less than one year old, June thirtieth, 1864, Congress, to help the banks float banknote currency, and as a war measure, added Section 13 at the end of An Act to Provide Ways and Means for the Support of the Government and for Other Purposes. This law is in force today and reads as follows. Section 13 and be it further enacted, that the words obligation or other security of the United States used in this Act shall be held to include and mean all bonds, coupons, national currency, United States notes, treasury notes, fractional notes, checks for money of authorized officers of the United States, certificates of indebtedness, certificates of deposit, stamps, and other representatives of value of whatever denomination, which have been or may be issued under any act of Congress. This was reenacted and is now law, being section fifty four thirteen, as codified in section one forty seven of the Penal Code of the United States, March fourth, nineteen o nine, thirty five statutes at large, eleven fifteen as follows the words obligation or other security of the united states shall be held to mean all bonds certificates of indebtedness national bank currency coupons united states notes treasury notes gold certificates silver certificates fractional notes certificates of deposit bills checks or drafts for money drawn by or upon authorized officers of the united states stamps and other representatives of value of whatever denomination which have been or may be issued under any act of congress in future years after a billion or more corporate currency has been issued and badly depreciated is it not certain that this forty eight year old statute would be dug up and invoked by the banks as a moral and legal obligation on the government to protect the people by maintaining at par such national currency and representatives of value of whatever denomination which have been or may be issued under any act of Congress. Will not the National Reserve Association in law be a national bank And its currency national bank currency surely it is not a state bank it will legally be a bank because the pending bill gives it the powers and functions of a bank this corporate currency surely will not be state currency issued by state banks under authority of state law it will be national currency issued under authority of the Congress of the nation if this be true the government will be liable for every dollar issued even if it was not national currency or national bank currency it would no doubt be held to be other representatives of value which have been or may be issued under any act of congress if this is a correct interpretation of that law and it seems to be it is a startling discovery the law is printed in full in document number five eighty laws of the united states concerning money banking and loans seventeen seventy eight to nineteen o nine issued by the monetary commission some if not all of the members of the commission must have known of this law probably all of them did for they have been receiving $7,500 per year for about three years, and presumably have read the documents and data they have prepared and issued. If they knew that this law obligated the government for all currency issued by the Reserve Association, and concealed the fact, or even failed to make Congress and the people aware of that condition, they were false to their oaths of office and should be driven from public life in disgrace it is significant the fact that nowhere in the pending bill is there any provision expressly stating that the government in no way shall be obligated or made liable by the acts of this private corporation why did not these sworn and paid public servants discuss this important matter in their report why did they not include in their bill a provision that would protect the government they pretend to be serving against a possible and probable liability of more than a billion dollars congressman vreeland's letter shows that he thinks the government might be liable it is impossible to believe that a matter so important was not discussed by the entire commission yet their report is silent on the subject and their bill contains nothing to protect the government and the people for fifty years against a possible liability that may amount even to five billion dollars and from which there will be no way of escape after congress passes the pending aldrich bill that then will be a contract a vested right was the commission working for the government the people or for the banks and wall street these conditions if as here stated tend to stamp the whole scheme as a colossal fraud on congress and the people the national city bank and the national bank of commerce of new york and the continental and commercial national bank of chicago should now explain their letters printed in another chapter wherein they say that in no way will the government be obligated if the aldrich plan becomes law mr reynolds of the latter bank a former president of the american bankers association and Mr. Vanderlip, President of the National City Bank, are said to be in the confidence of Aldrich and are alleged to have been most active in originating and promoting the Aldrich Private Central Bank Plan. It is also up to the Monetary Commission to explain. End of Chapter 4 A Discovery